Hey guys, Jeff here from besttechie.com and this is Techie Bytes episode 8. Today I'm going to be speaking with Patrick Perini, a serial founder who is currently the co-founder and VP of product at Mira. We discuss what he's currently building as well as past failures and making tough decisions. Enjoy. I'm here with Patrick Perini, longtime friend of mine actually. He's also the VP of product and a co-founder at a company called Mira. He's a serial founder. He's founded other companies in the past. Uh, and I'm here to him with I'm here with him today to talk about, well, a lot of different things, including how he spends his days most of the time. He likes to solve problems, I'm told. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Problem solver, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I like to think so. Uh, I feel like I end up coming up with as many of them as I solve, but uh, it's definitely a lot, a lot of fun all. when I get to solve one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think I think that just about that just about sums it up. Nice. So so you solve a lot of problems in your in your day to day. At least I would I would imagine that that's at least your goal to solve problems that uh, other people are having. Which is why you founded a company called Mira. Um, t- tell us a little bit about Mira and uh, and why you why you started it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the uh, the the way that Mira got started uh, was was actually. Um, it, it it really does kind of tie into like uh, we we want to solve some problems. Uh, we uh, my my co-founder uh, Alec and I he's uh, he's our one of our lead designers. Uh, we're working at a venture firm uh, of all places, and uh, somehow he became responsible for updating the like front office sign. If you've ever been in you know the the lobby of a tech startup or really any office, you've probably seen. Uh, you know, they've got screens and welcome messages and, you know, logos and so forth and so on. Right. Uh, he somehow got, you know, kind of roped into being responsible for for updating uh, that monstrosity. And uh, it became like a serious time sink for him. Um, and uh, at one point, <laughs> our... Uh, our CEO. How you uh, spend Tuan. your days? I, I update the message boards. <laughs> yeah, right. We were we were in love with that job. Let me tell you, it was uh, we were having so much fun. <laughs> but uh, our 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 current uh, CEO, uh, Tuan, who was the 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 founder of the of the company, um, showed up to to this VC firm where we were working and and uh, was basically kind of like try to figure out what he wanted to do next and he was talking to you know some of the partners just about like hey give me some money to do something um because that's how silicon valley works <laughs> yeah i was gonna say is that is that how it works because a little bit that how, i mean it it sort of works that way i guess <laughs> i mean i i had a similar experience when i raised money for kaya and then yeah. and then and then once and that was that was before i got started though after mm-hmm. after you have the after you actually have the product i found like I feel like sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to raise money after that. Yeah, it's it's weird. Once <laughs> it depends you depends on the traction. Once you get a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know kind of a concrete implementation under your feet, you stop being able to sell the dream, and now it's like, all right, we got to sell the numbers, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's its own right. set of problems. But uh, so uh, Tuan shows up, and uh, Alec is is responsible for making some change to one of these screens, and uh, Tuan goes, you know, comes in, never has never met Alec, sees this guy working on this screen, sitting in the lobby. Uh, goes in, you know, hour and a half later, comes out of his meeting, and Alec is still there working on this damn screen. And <laughs> <laughs> he, 
<laughs> so he thinks like, wow, this is pretty stupid. This should be a it's lot. It's either broken or, or just, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that it, it, it wasn't broken, right? Like the state of, uh, you know, kind of the, the, this, this, this concept of, of screen signage is such an overlooked and antiquated thing that, you know, it was just like he, you know, you have to jump through these hoops to use this, this software that only runs on windows. So you're remoting into a server and it's just a, a big pain in the ass. Um, and uh, so you know, the next time Tuan comes in, he he starts, you know, kind of pressing the, the 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 folks who work at the office for like, you know, who 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 whose whose fault is this? Who made the decision to install this <laughs> terrible system? How much did it cost? And it's like this was the best option that we had, and it cost us like tens of thousands of dollars. So you know, we're we're talking like this is a no brainer problem to solve. And so he starts to put together this like thesis around well okay maybe you know this guy this designer is not the only person who's ever had this problem maybe there's an opportunity here and he he actually starts to consult with with us um because that was our, our job at the vc firm was to to do prototyping for uh potential startup companies uh to 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 come up with a hardware option to make managing screens a lot easier and while we're doing some of the prototyping he's figuring out like okay uh you know the price of screens is falling and you know we've got this huge small to medium business market that uh could possibly exist that you know uses uh screen signage for everything from menus to social promotion so forth and so on um and and it all just kind of falls into place and uh he eventually gets the the vc firm to 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 you know kind of invest put the seed investment into the company um at which point he he brings on uh you know me and alec and uh and we kind of dive in with both feet and we start working on this thing uh and so that was uh that was probably about two years ago at this point and um today we're we're Closing in on, you know, 500 customers, uh, you know, a little over a thousand screens out in the wild that we power uh, with our with our hardware product. Um, and it's all just been about kind of making it really, really simple uh, to 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 really get control of the content that uh, that that's on your screens. And we've seen all kinds of, of uses from, you know, the the pretty typical, like there's a restaurant that, you know, wants to be able to put up a menu uh, all the way to like, I think we have a, a there's a. There's a vacation company in the Virgin Islands that runs like a fleet of of yachts that you can rent for the day and they use their screens to convey like uh, all kinds of messaging of like events and advertisements for local businesses and all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. Um, and they're they're actually one of our bigger customers. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's this great kind yeah. of interest, really generalizable tech. So, so that I mean, so I think that's really cool, actually, because, you know, I think screens, like you kind of said before, they're undervalued because they're taking for they're ta they're kind of taken for granted, at least the customer yeah. on the customer's end. Yeah. Um, so it's not something you really notice because it's kind of like a passive interaction. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like a way to kind of get information. But but actually for the business, for putting the information in on the screen you know if, if it's a pain in the butt if it's really difficult to do you know they they might not they you always you always see those screen you always see screens in places that are not turned on or oh yeah you know, just not showing rel relevant information anymore like they, they've been outdated 
you know, for like a, a couple weeks at least. We've, we've got to. It's like, you know, why, why even have, why even have it? Right. Exactly. Um, we've got a whole yeah. Slack channel just dedicated to bad screen signage where like you've ever walked into an airport and like two of the five monitors are, you know, just like windows blue screened. <laughs> it's like, that's, <laughs> right, right. that's exactly what we don't want to have happen. And, uh, you know, so much of it is just because like they're running on the super old tech or they're, they're running off of a system that isn't super well designed for, you know, kind of the presentation of, of, of information that's meant to be consumed by, uh, you know, the business's audience in, in, in real time. Um, and so I, I had kind of mentioned as we were talking about this kind of back and forth on, you know, in, in, uh, on Twitter, uh, that, uh, mirror is really this interesting kind of mix of, of hardware and usability and economics problems. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, from, from my perspective, it definitely, the most fun thing has just been like trying to figure out like, okay, we've got, you know, a thousand of these devices in the wild, you know, we're looking to have 10,000 of them out there before too long. Um, how do we make sure that they don't crash? How do we make sure that like when they do crash, it's not just like throwing up a blue screen to, you know, a thousand people. Right. Um, I, and was then, in I was in Times yeah. Square, like, like several, this was several years ago and I took a video I think it was like the CNN billboard at the time. Oh, jeez! It just was. It just. It just was. It just had an error message popped up <laughs> right in Times Square, and I just took a video. I put it on YouTube, and I was like, "Like that's just. It's just so embarrassing." It really um, is. It really is. And 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 I think <laughs> I think you hit it when you said that we're, you're you're like conditioned to kind of take these things for granted. I think that's in large part right. because like they're just not taken advantage of um i had a meeting with a with a a transit company uh the other day that you know they 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 they, they run you know subways and, and buses for a for a city out here on the west coast and um you know we were talking and 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 they were sort of like yeah we have all of these screens that are responsible for showing like kind of one thing at a time and you know it's really important that we have them available for that one thing but you know the rest of the time it's just kind of like showing a like a generic holding screen and we've got this huge right, you know right. like we've got all these screens and we paid a lot of money for them but we're not really getting anything out of them um you know maybe we could we could we could really turn this around and and uh you know start to use it to convey use you know uh useful information to 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 our riders um, and right. you know, it's, 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 it's that kind of light bulb moment where it's like, yeah, no, like you, you know, that th this is, this is a big opportunity for you to really kind of get a message across in a way that, you know, is meaningful to everybody involved. Right. And, and, and are you guys building, you guys obviously are building the hardware, but are you, are you also working? I would, I would imagine you're also working on the software element, um, making it easier to kind of like, you were just talking about this, this, this mm -hmm. transportation company wanting to. To utilize their screens, their screens better. Uh, working on the from a design standpoint, in terms of templating or ways mm -hmm. to kind of put in information, widgetizing it or or what have you, um, where you know someone can easily just kind of make a, a nice looking display, you know, uh, with all the useful yeah. information that they would want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that has so that's uh, been really you know sort of the 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 you know kind of a big time investment for us has been trying to figure out like how do you how do you make it super super easy for anyone uh to to be able to create uh you know really valuable like 
not ugly messaging in, you know in a in a really you know kind of consistent and like easily trainable way um something that we ran into like really early on was just that like you know the 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 sort of panacea for 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 the the people who own these screens and often own the businesses that own these screens is that they want their like just like employees to be able to 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 you know design and and, and create content uh, you know, kind of for the these fleets of screens. Um, and they don't want to have to like have training manuals and, you know, Word docs that get referenced and how you do this thing. And and, and they don't want to have to think about it, right? They want it to be, uh, right. you know, super straightforward like and super easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. so one of, our, one of our core kind of design tenants is that like it should be hard, if not impossible, to make bad signage on our platform. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's not, there's definitely not enough good signage out there. Right. I, I right. especially when you're like driving on the road, the signage just, just many places just have terrible signage. And it, it's funny that you say that because I always bring that up. I hate driving, um, <laughs> which is why I don't have a car anymore since I live yep. in Brooklyn. Yep. Um, but, but when I did, I just, I, I hated driving, especially because I felt like the signs in many areas just weren't very helpful. I mean, thank, yeah. thank, you know, thank God that GPS was invented in a time where I, before I le- kind of learned how to drive. Right. right, um, right. So it was, so it was just like a whole other thing where I feel like, you know, people of, of my parents' generation and, and so on, you know, they knew how to get places, <laughs> whereas our generation is very much reliant on GPS yeah, um, to get places. For sure. But, and I, but, I think uh, that's, but, uh, that's where sign comes in. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I think that there's there's sort of that 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 kind of like we've we've had these fantastic technologies for the you know kind of the bulk of our of our of our lives and they've really made kind of navigating the world uh you know a lot easier. Um but like we've kind of you know come to expect that in situations where maybe the 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 technology and the culture hasn't really quite kept up. Um and uh and so like you know being able to 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 really uh, you know, kind of help make that uh, that content easily understandable, easily creatable, and like uh, really just kind of unscrewable, <laughs> where literally <laughs> just drop their information into uh, into the editor, and uh, and it just kind of pumps out the the you know kind of the idealized state of uh of this this content is 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 sort of our goal right we're always constantly chipping away at that and 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 working toward it um but that's uh you know that's 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 really sort of our 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 you know kind of ideal uh our ideal state and what's what's really interesting about that is um you know if you think uh you know when we when we think about this like okay cool we're solving this problem and you know we're we're making signage better we're making you know kind of screen signage easier to control we're letting businesses take you know kind of control of their their fleets of screens that maybe are going largely unused but but those are all kind of problems that that we want to solve up to today when we think about like what is what does it mean when we've got like a you know a computer attached to each of these things in like a really meaningful way i think that's where at, at least i personally start to get pretty excited about the concept because you know, it's it's kind of like maps to GPS when you think about like, okay, well, we've got this concept of maps and we can put it in your phone. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you start to layer in like 
real turn-by-turn navigation and like points of interest and doing complex routing where you're like adding adding waypoints and and, and points of interest like that's really where you're kind of hitting that next step of 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 sort of you know using the technology to really enable people to 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 get to a place we really think we're going to be able to do the same thing from a uh, you know kind of from a signage standpoint um and so you can kind of envision like if you walk into a restaurant uh and that restaurant has you know maybe four screens uh you know sort of over the over the counter uh, that that each of them is uh, is another basically page of of their menu. Um, if all of those are you know connected to these these pieces of hardware that are effectively you know Wi-Fi computers uh, that are that are sort of talking to the internet and everything that's in the room, and they can even you know kind of pull a little bit of information off of your phone. They can do all kinds of crazy things like. Uh, you know, live translate based on localization data that they pick up. And so we kind of see that as like the next evolution of, of, of what signage like needs to be is that it's not just about like making it so good that it's, it's impossible to make bad signage. It's also about like being able to real time react to the context in a way that just isn't possible today. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, that that's sounds pretty cool, actually. I, I, and it's not that's not something I had, that I would have considered or thought about, but you bring it up, and it certainly makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, for 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 that for that to be the case, it, that's that's an interesting point of view. I want to talk a little bit about how, from a business standpoint, you have all yeah. these, uh, have all the you know have all this technology and uh, these the signage that you can provide to people, um, that you've built. What what's you know what are some, what are some of the barriers you've seen, and how have you kind of overcome them so far with the you know with the customers that you have, in terms of getting a, a company, let's say a restaurant or um, or even or even the transportation company that you just met with, mm-hmm. who has existing signage uh, that they spent a, a lot of money on, I would imagine, yeah, um, to kind of switch over to your to your company's product. Yeah, so I think I think the the biggest it, you know especially when we're thinking about companies that have kind of made that investment and it's like how do we overcome sunk cost? Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're really when when people kind of come to us and 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 ask us that question um, you know, if the, if the, if the straight up economics don't work out and there are some cases where it's like, you know, they've paid up front and there's no way to recoup it. And, and this is just going to be more cash out for them. Um, because we, we do actually have one of the cheapest, uh, you know, the, the, the least expensive, uh, signage options, uh, on, on the market. But, you know, in, there are definitely instances where they've been, there's been an investment. Uh, the way that we normally kind of deal with that, uh, the way that's been the most effective is, is sort of. Uh, interestingly, kind of around the simplicity of the content creation, um, when we're able to like sit down with them and show them, you know, it's it, it's not just that it's easier for your IT people to use or your marketing people to use. It's that you can kind of hand the keys over to anyone on your staff. And if they've ever used, you know, Facebook, if they've ever, you know, sent a text <laughs> message, they can push a piece of content to the screen. Um and, uh, you know, that, that, you know, especially for these larger organizations where we're competing, uh, you know, more closely with like super entrenched kind of enterprise players, that's really the game changer for them that they've been able to kind of, that we've been able to kind of connect the dots that like, 
you know, you 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 can really, um, you know, sort of adjust the way that you're staffing out your 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 signage process um, in in like a really, you know, kind of meaningful way. You can distribute that work uh, and 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 stop having people need to be like kind of specializing in just managing your signage um is is a game changer a lot of the time and is generally the mm-hmm. thing that gets people to be like oh okay well yeah i mean this makes sense for us to invest in like right away right i found that i found the similar case with kaya once once we were able to get people in you know inside for a demo and they could see yeah. the product and they 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 understood how much easier it was to use and the way we were displaying the inform the information the analytics and all that data um for them in a kind of a sim- simple simplified manner uh, that our whole thing was always, you know, we want to make it so you could spend less time staring at numbers and more time creating engaging content for your audience. Right, um, right, right. So, so it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same. You guys kind of have the same approach in the sense that, you know, um, we've built a, a superior product because it's so much simpler to use, and literally you could spend less time worrying about your, how to update your sign and more time, you know, focusing on your customers. Yeah. Um, so. And and it's so all I, about I kind of key. quantifying that, yeah. It's it and and that's been kind of a case that we've been building up, uh, you know, sort of over time. Um, one of my one of my favorite mm-hmm. examples is that there's a there's a hotel in, oh goodness, I think it's Seattle, um, that uh, that has been using Mira for probably about four or five months now, um, and uh, after about uh, a month. Um, you know, one of our account managers kind of reached out to them. How's it going? Want to make sure that you're doing pretty well. And they gave us just like this, this incredible story of how like they, they used to have, uh, God, I, I don't even know if there's like an official term for this, but you know, that old like sandwich board signage where it's like the black kind of felt and the, the, the it's got the white plastic yes. letters with the pegs. Exactly. Yep, yep. So they used to have. It's like when like, they, it's like when, when you took like a graduate, like a like a class photo in like elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Have a little one of those. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Yeah. And, but imagine that, <laughs> but like you know, like forty inches. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, so they used to have a handful of these that they used for um you know all of their like day over day kind of critical information like I think it was like restaurant specials, room bookings, and like flight information because I think it was it's pretty near the the airport there um and so like literally they had the 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 overnight bellhop whoever was on duty that night their like additional job was to update this signage (laughs) and it, it it took like they had to pay like a dude uh, you know, some number of hours every night to update this content to stuff that, you know, became largely irrelevant halfway through the next day. And, right, right. and it was, you know, as I'm sure that you can probably make the not so difficult leap to the idea that like this signage was not really all that compelling. You know, you get maybe one person a day who's like, oh, thank you for the sandwich board. This was very helpful. Um, right. uh, you know, they they were able to replace that with with, you know, two or three mira powered screens and now it is like you know they've got three people responsible for it that spend 10 you know each spend 10 minutes a day kind of feeding their own information into the dashboard and the screens are substantially more up to date they're a lot more engaging they managed to like reduce the burden of time on that evening bellhop 
uh, you know, by by like a substantial factor. And they were able to increase sales in their restaurants. And uh, I believe also they're like room bookings. And so when That's we're talking huge. about, yeah, when we're talking about like, how do we how do we convince someone uh, that that really kind of making the the platform more accessible to other employees is 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 valuable it's really it's 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 all about like making it so simple that it's up to date and then once it's up to date you're gonna sell more and mm-hmm. that's you know that's kind of the 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 full loop that if we can if we can just get them to you know stick around until we can make them understand that uh then we usually have we've we've got them on the hook we've got them uh you know understanding sort of why we're doing what we're doing and why it's valuable for them right so, so Mira isn't your first startup. Um, no. you, you've been around the block a few times, right? I, I, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, you know, one founder to another, like, what are some of the things you, you've kind of learned along the way and, and, and some of the, you know, kind of biggest mistakes that you've kind of, uh, you've learned from, uh, you know, uh, oh, at, goodness. At varying points. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I um, I want to amend my introduction somewhat. Uh, I like <laughs> I like serial founder. Uh, I would also like to uh, append serial failure um, <laughs> because the number of times that I have screwed up has been astronomical. Um, <laughs> It's uh, but that's how it goes, right? Like that's how it goes. I've uh, I've I've, I've that, very that's, much, that's always how it goes. Yeah, I've no, very much anyone who anyone who gets it right the first time, um, or multiple times is is extremely lucky. <laughs> well, I think um, you know it's it's interesting to, because to it, a certain extent, yeah. There's that limitation there where it's like if you get it right the first time, there there's almost this like. You, you didn't actually get it right. You just got lucky. So you're not actually <laughs> sure what you're doing. And, you know, I think that we see in a lot of first time founders, um, you know, especially if you look at kind of the YC set, you know, the first time that they come through, if they're, you know, even remotely successful, you know, the next couple of steps that they take are generally missteps and and it's generally pretty rough going. Um, it takes, you know, some, uh, you know, some, 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 some serious work, uh, to, to, to really, you know, kind of figure yourself out without having to go through that gauntlet of, uh, of failure. Um, whereas most people who end up getting it right eventually obviously do that on the front end. <laughs> right. And but, I, I, I even argue to a certain extent that even if you do get it right the first or second time or even the, or any other time, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's always, there's always a series of ups and downs along the way, obviously, where it may seem like everything has come crashing down on you at one, at one particular point. But the, but the key thing, and I, I've talked about this in other episodes on Techie Bytes here is, is being persistent and resilient and, and, and also, but also, you know, there's also comes a point where you have to know whether, you know, it's time to pack it in or whether, you know, or whether, or whether you can kind of, uh, you know, weather this storm and and you should, whether or not you should still continue kind of your, your quest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that one, that one is the toughest one, I think. Um, and I, you know, I would say that like of all of the things that I've learned about how to start, you know, kind of companies from in in some cases literally nothing 
uh, up to you know sort of as as far as I've I've managed to get with uh, with the startups that I've 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 worked on. That is the lesson that I feel like I'm still just constantly relearning uh, because it's it's never quite clear like, oh, this is the same circumstance that I have found myself in in the past. And therefore, right. I already know <laughs> I should you know continue fighting or not. Uh, it's just so much of, of, of sort of going with your gut and really just a lot of talking to people who are hopefully way smarter than you and like trying to synthesize that, that into something. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely, definitely helps to surround yourself with really smart people who have been there before, who can yep. offer advice. And you have to realize, though, that we're saying that you should, you know, surround yourself with really smart people who have been there before, who can offer advice. Don't expect them to tell you what to do, though. Right. That, I think that's a, an important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, because, I th- because yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was just going to say because. If you're looking for someone to tell you what to do, you're probably in the wrong business. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was I was also gonna say that if you know, it, there is never a necessarily a clear right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah. of a decision, uh, when it comes to whether or not you should continue to pursue something or not, um, ultimately it's up to you. But if you surround yourself with the right people and you get the right uh, insights, uh, you kind of synthesize, like you said and take all that information and process it and then make a decision from that. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think that's a, that's a really good distinction. Um, just because it's all about context. Right. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head with this idea of like, whether or not you want to continue to pursue a thing is, you know, really not about whether or not it's likely to succeed. That's entirely implementation. That's just, you know, how do I go about pursuing this thing? And, you know, oftentimes the people who have kind of been through this process, uh, you know, smart people are going to be able to give you good insight into how they would handle it. And that kind of helps you navigate the, the implementation. But, you know, whether or not you want to continue moving forward with a thing is really just a, a matter of like, okay, I'm, you know, I got hit this time, I'm down. If I get back up, am I going to be able to get hit again? If the answer is no, maybe you should think about walking away. <laughs> uh, if the answer is yes, then like, okay, now we can think about, you know, con- continuing on. Um, and I'll give you a great, I'll give you a great, uh, a, a great, uh, for instance, um, of, of how mm-hmm. I kind of con- uh, continually wrestle with this. Um, so the, the, not the last company that I worked on, but two companies ago uh there was there, there was a weird period where i was um uh before right before mira i was obviously working for a vc firm and uh i ran the rapid prototyping department uh as it existed at that point um where we would spin up a bunch of companies and uh and 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 kind of you know build these structures around these products that we would try to see if we could get some traction or meaningful interest in and and so there was like probably one and a half that i would consider to be you know moderately successful within that that particular venture um but uh before i got involved with that that vc uh i was working on a, a game called called megabits um and, uh, you know, kind of the basic premise behind behind Megabits was uh, it was basically Pokemon Go. It was basically Pokemon Go. We started in like 
2012, uh, and so it was, I think, you know, three or four years before. Uh, it was a precursor. As well. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a precursor. It was a precursor. <laughs> um, but it was the same general concept. It was like, how would you make a Pokemon game on your phone that doesn't suck? Well, clearly you would make it like bat based and, you know, use, you know, augmented reality as a, as a way to make that, you know, interesting and, and, and fun. Um, and so I, I worked on that project for uh, about three and a half, four years. Um, and it, it ended, uh, you know, basically when, uh, you know, Nintendo announced that Pokemon Go was coming out. <laughs> um, and I had been, I had been through some, some knockdown situations in that instance, you know, I had been out of money three, two or three times. Uh, you know, we had been, uh, low on traction or, or, or major technical issues more times than I could count, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the time when I decided, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get knocked down again, uh, was when Pokemon Go came out and all of the, like, it, you know, investment and, and, and business interest just kind of dried up on the idea. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going to be able to compete with Nintendo. So I should, I should, I should, I should probably pack it in. Um, and or to this, Antec, which is backed by Google. Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I have opinions about that game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, <clears throat> because I, I have opinions about that game and, and because, you know, there were there were so many interesting things that kind of went into to, to our venture. Um, I still wonder, like, was that the right decision? I think it was the same decision. I think it was the financially responsible <laughs> decision. <laughs> But was it the right decision right. To, to decide this is this is where we stop? Um, and uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to know. And uh, I think that I think that that kind of speaks to this idea of like there isn't a right answer and no one is ever going to be able to tell me that it was. I might not even ever be able to tell me that it was. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I agree with you on that 100 percent. I think, you know, when I decide when I decided uh, to stop pursuing Kaya late last year, um, there there was a there, it just we got to a point where I felt that in order to be able to successfully, <clears throat> excuse me, in order to be able to successfully kind of move to the next level, um, we would have, we would have had to uh, raise significantly more money. Um, because this, because the whole digital media space, um, well, it, it's kind of hit. It's kind of like, in the sure. Story. A little bit, um, <laughs> yeah, just a, just a tiny bit. It's not that much. Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was that. Um, in order to be, able, it was like almost in order to be able to weather that storm that that's that's going on still. You know, in yeah. order to be able yeah. to to get people to be able to hopefully pay for the product. Uh, and the reason why I, for me, you know, the reason why I decided to to even start Kai was because I thought when I when we started the venture in early 2014. Um, I figured these companies, these digital media companies would go one of two ways, mm -hmm. um, or at the very least, you know, uh, do this. So I thought that they were going, uh, cause they, it was in a bad spot then too, but I thought yeah. that they, now this was the moment in time when they were going to spend, uh, money investing in analytics to better understand their audience so they could create better content and, Define and have a much more defined content strategy in many cases. You would um, think. You would think. 
but that but that was that was obviously the wrong uh, bet. Um, instead, what they've done is they've doubled down on investing in monetization tools, which is which is fine. And they've kind of just everything else they've kind of kept the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're really not looking too much to invest in in, in better analytical tools. Uh, which is unfortunate. And then the other thing that, you know, at the end, after I decided to no longer pursue Kaya, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I saw that, you know, then, then the whole Mashable sale went through at five, you know, at, at a fifth of the latest, uh, funding or round of funding that they had. Yeah. Um, they sold for like 50 million and then they had, they had a valuation of like two fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of also solidified my decision for me. It was like, yeah, I mean, I think I made a pretty good decision here. I think, in the end, you know, it's I don't know what's going to happen in that space. I think that there's going to be more consolidation and and a number of other things. But mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm glad I'm no longer playing in it. Um, I think, you know, if I were to do it all over, one of the things I think about like is how how I would, uh, kind of switch, uh, you know, the approach. I would definitely yeah. focus on, on on going after advertisers. Mm-hmm. And content marketers, as opposed to digital media and publishers, sure. Um, or I would, or I would seriously consider building something like that for e-commerce. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because they have a lot of money to spend too. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's the inside baseball for you. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, and it's it's yeah. actually interesting. As a as a side note, one of these days, you and I should uh, should should. Uh, sit down and, and talk about that in uh, in some more depth because um, as, as I mentioned at the top of this, I, I really haven't the slightest idea what my job actually entails, and that's in part because I'm also <laughs> responsible for marketing, <laughs> um, and uh, I've got absolutely no uh, you know background. I went to to school for software engineering, human computer interaction, um, you know, and I've uh, I've been you know business and engineering my 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 you know product and engineering my 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 entire career um but uh at one point we needed somebody to step up and try to figure out marketing and so i uh i i i, I kind of took on that mantle and uh um, raised your hand <laughs> yeah right uh and uh we've been working with uh, a friend of um a friend of our CEOs who uh, has kind of been mentoring me and uh, has been kind of teaching me how to do, uh, you know, a lot of performance marketing on on Facebook. And we use some really interesting analytics technology, um, you know, kind of built around some machine learning uh, research that that he had done at, uh, you know, kind of coming out of out of Harvard um, that 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 tries to optimize, uh, you know, for ads and audience combinations on Facebook. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, just at some point in the future, you and I should sit down and I'd like to hear a little bit more about kind of, you know, what 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 happened at Kaya, what worked and what, you know, didn't. Um, just because I, I, I think that, you know, in in my like year long exposure to you know how how does how does how does performance marketing in, in you know in 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 for for social media uh, really work and how is it you know so heavily intertwined with um, you know analytics and having good tooling and knowing what to measure and knowing how to read those things and being able to visualize the associated data. It strikes me as really strange that that wouldn't be like a core part of every you know, media operation ever. (laughs) 
Yeah, yes. me too. Um, I think I think part of it, you know, there uh, we can get into this another time, but sure, there, sure, there sure. are certainly parts where, you know, it's where, where you're competing with Google Analytics, which is kind of the standard mm-hmm. um, because people expect and uh, know what to expect, but also it's free. That being said, it's I think Google Analytics is kind of a crappy product. Uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but, it's but not great. It's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of reasoning behind that. Sure. Um, and I'm happy to I'm happy to chat with you about that some other time. I think that yeah, be great. absolutely, um, that'd be fun. But so 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 definitely like as a as a founder closing out on that like key sure. what would be your key takeaway um, for for either a first time founder or someone who's trying to get back in the game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that if I had to distill it down to. One thing, I, I have a pretty good idea of what that would be, um, but I, I'm, I might say that there's an addendum that's worth considering. So if I, if I had to distill it down to one thing, that one thing would be start with wherever the next place you want to end up is. And this is something that when I was first starting out on uh, Megabits and and even when I was first starting out on Mira, though I had a, a little bit more of this with, with Mira, this is something that I, I kind of wish that someone would have just like, you know, grabbed me by the shoulders and, you know, give me a good shake and, 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 and kind of drilled into my head was like, you're starting from nothing. Figure out what your seed pitch deck needs to be and then just work backwards build what you need Mm -hmm. to build in order to get to that thing um and and so really just like making sure that you you're always starting with the end as that next step in you know not just in mind but as like where you're kind of driving to um you know something that i think a lot of early uh you know kind of first-time founders get kind of mired in is they they sort of you know charge into this with this like big you know steve jobs vision of like i'm gonna change the world and it's gonna be great (laughs) and we're gonna do all this crazy cool stuff and there's gonna be this component and this component and it's a two-sided marketplace that's gonna you know, symbiotically satisfy world peace. And it's like, okay, that's great, but (laughs) you need to raise (laughs) $500,000. Like how do you raise $500,000? That is a much more concise and, and, and sort of realizable next step. And, you know, you always want to have that great vision in mind. And, and, you know, uh, obviously I talked about like, you know, this, this sort of with Mira, the kind of grand vision is we've got these interconnected, this interconnected network of screens that's doing, you know, some, some minority report, but, you know, cool stuff with, uh, you know, with, 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 with context awareness. But when I go into work every day, it's like, we need to get to series a, what decisions am I making today that are going to optimize our ability to get to series a and, Mm -hmm. And 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 not doing that in a sacrificial way, but doing that in a in a way that really kind of just keeps everybody aligned and focused, because that's what builds momentum. That's what gets people that you're working with, you know, that are working with you excited, and that's what actually you know gets you to the thing that you have to do in order to realize this this big vision. Um, right. I I agree with that. I think you know what you, what you're getting at and what you've said is basically focus on the end game because I all too often a lot of times and I, I've been guilty of this as well uh, I'm sure you have as well where you know you charge right into you know you charge you know uh, and then you start you start you know working on what you want to work on 
as the founder building, you know, the product. And then you get you get distracted by a shiny object. Yep. And, and you lose sight <laughs> of the end game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that happens all the time too. I've seen I've seen and and been involved in you know several companies that that have this really great you know maybe they've got a really great core technology or they've got really compelling early traction they've got a you know a demand you know generation machine that's really starting to work and and all of a sudden you know here comes this this big opportunity with you know Amazon and they get derailed and they spend a year trying to chase this 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 shiny object that's happening with Amazon and all of a sudden you know that 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 doesn't come to fruition which has been you know the more likely option since the start and they're no further than you know they were when they started a year ago and and that that right. you know that can that can kill a company and and that kind of uh you know willingness to 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 take your eye off the ball and not really focus on kind of what is the next concrete realizable thing that we can do and how do we get there um can be really dangerous and you know especially if you're a first time founder you haven't kind of been through the gauntlet um but even if you're a veteran even if you've done it you know 5 6 7 times every time is going to be different enough that if you're not careful you know y- hubris can get you too yeah you you could fall into the trap absolutely yeah so let, um, let's let, let's talk food a little bit yeah unless you have sure. some well All so right, i, let's I talk did... food cuz i know yeah no, go ahead go ahead no i know i know you're a huge foodie um, i am yeah cuz i know you 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 have a a a food podcast that you that you do uh, yep. called Coarse Ground. Um, how'd you get into the food scene in the first place? So that is uh, a really kind of a really interesting question uh, that one day <laughs> I am going to go into into more detail, like a lot of detail about sort of on uh, on Coarse Ground. But the really high level is um, so when I was a kid, uh, I wanted to actually uh, be be a chef. I wanted to to to, to really? open a restaurant. When I was, when I was a really young kid, I wanted to be a chef too. I wanted nice. to be Chef Jeff. That <laughs> is actually fantastic. I'm a little disappointed that that didn't happen. I, yeah, I mean, I was always entrepreneurial. It's funny because like we're talking about this, but yeah. like I wanted to open up my own restaurant and stuff. I always wanted yeah. to be a chef. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> So when well, I actually remember I was um, probably about 11 years old and uh, I, I I was talking to my grandfather who was very, you know, very entrepreneurial, started, you know, five or six companies in his life. Um, and I told him I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, to, to open a restaurant. I wanted to, to own the restaurant, be the chef. Um, and he, he basically managed in that conversation to talk me out of it. And he was like, you know, there's basically <laughs> I'm this 11 year old kid. He's like, there's no money in it. You're going to work every day of your life. You're going to hate it. Uh, and so, uh, and so, you know, I, I don't want to say it was literally the next day, but it was pretty soon after that, that I decided, well, okay, what, what, what can I work on that isn't cooking, uh, and, uh, can, can still make me some money. And that's, that's pretty much when I decided that, uh, I wanted to go into, uh, into computers. Um, so I've, I've pretty much only ever had those two aspirations. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a chef and then I wanted to be like a guy who owns a software company. Um, so uh food has kind of always been really present for me um when i moved to san francisco uh i had uh you know a little bit of a little bit of a, a, a tumultuous uh experience um i ended up uh uh, you know, kind of getting, getting, uh, getting sick when I, when I first moved here. And, um, it's, it's left me with a, a condition that 
is really kind of hard to explain, but the, 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 the best way to sort of summarize it is it's basically lactose intolerance, uh, but for um, a whole manner of complex carbohydrates. Um, and so, you know, what, what, what the hell does that mean? Okay. Well, so <laughs> basically what this means <laughs> That sounds is, very complicated. It's, it's pretty complicated, but the simple, <laughs> the simple summary is, um, I, I basically can't eat onions and garlic. Uh, those are like the okay. two top level, uh, things I that, die. that I, right, exactly. <laughs> Me too. So, um, part of, part of why, uh, this, you know, the, this, you know, what for, I think most people ends up being relatively minor, uh, you know, kind of, uh, illness ended up being kind of a, a year long debacle for me. That's left me, uh, in a, in a, in a situation where I can't really eat onion and garlic is because I fucking love onion and garlic and ate like an unreasonable <laughs> amount, not knowing that it was actually doing a lot of damage. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and so it's a it's a little bit of a little bit of a uh, a, 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 a tragic flaw, um, but uh, but um, so you know I, I I had to kind of relearn a lot about food over the last uh, over the last year and and so forth, and um, you know your your reaction to you know that you know kind of my explanation of like that sounds complicated is is pretty much everyone's <laughs> reaction, and it it kind of got me thinking like. It, it definitely is, and I've definitely gotten a lot better at, like, explaining why I have a hard time going out and getting a slice of pizza with people. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, I still feel like it's, it's, it's weird and difficult to kind of talk about these things in a way that's, like, frank and engaging and not, like, awkward. And, you know, how do I navigate? I would love to go get dinner with you, but that's actually complicated for me. So maybe we can do something else. Well, uh, it, dep- it depends on it depends on the restaurant. It right, exactly. On the menu selection. Exactly. And it depends on whether or not, you know, like, I can actually say, hold the garlic, hold the onions. Right, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And and I, I think that I'm I'm pretty lucky because I you know I I don't know how much time you've spent in San Francisco but like I live in the persnickety eaters capital of the world, uh, <laughs> and New like, York's like that too. Yeah, I figure I figure New York that City, yeah. pretty pretty uh, pretty comparable. You know, you live in a big city and it's like you can you can navigate it pretty reasonably well. But um, you know, I've 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 you know, gone, you know, back to, back to Pittsburgh where I lived before this a couple of times and, uh, you know, a, a couple of other places. And it's been, it's been genuinely difficult. And it's kind of, I realized that it's like, it's sort of tough to have conversations, uh, you know, sort of about the, the sort of food stories that we have in our lives and the like, you know, everyone has like a weird relationship to food, either emotional or behavioral or, you know, medical, um, or even just like, you know, likes and, and, and dislikes, uh, or, or like strong associations, uh, preferences. And, and we don't really make it very easy to, to talk about those things. And so, uh, one of the ways that I've kind of been navigating my own rediscovery of foods and, 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 and sort of, uh, you know, cuisines and dishes and, 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 you know, my own food story is by talking to other people on this podcast about their food stories. Um, and so I've, I have a couple episodes uh, that are out so far. I'm actually uh, knee deep in one that is taking way longer than it should be. <laughs> uh, 
I'm on like month two of editing this episode, but it's it's going to be good. I promise it's going to be great. Um, but nice. uh, we've covered, uh, you know, topics from uh, uh, binge eating disorder to, um, you know, uh, uh, childhood poverty, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the one of the episodes we we talked a little bit about um, international, you know, kind of cultural expectations and communications and how you can accidentally be really offensive uh, by right. by yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and 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 so it it's been really fascinating to sort of navigate all of these stories through the lenses of just like a grilled cheese sandwich or a piece <laughs> of candy. Um, and I get to, I get to do a little bit of research into like the science of the food or the cultural, you know, sort of impacts of the, of the, of the food. Um, and, uh, it's just been a really fun kind of exploration of, um, you know, sort of people's food stories and, and, and the sort of realities of the foods that, that, uh, that, that, that are sort of the, the scaffolding of those stories. Um, and it's been it's been a great experiment. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's definitely one of those like passion projects. But uh, that's that's kind of the the story of how I got involved in this food podcast and and why I decided to spend uh, what is probably way too much time uh, messing <laughs> around in garage bands. <laughs> well, that sounds really cool. I, I definitely I'll, I'm going to have to check it out myself because I am uh, pretty picky. I would say nice. about food. Um, and so I'll definitely have to give it a listen. Excellent. Um, so Patrick, I, I, I really appreciate you being on this episode. I want to yeah. close it out with you with the lightning round, which is where I ask you uh, a series of this or that type questions and you pick whatever one you like better. Um, obviously there's no right or wrong answer. It's up to you. Cool. Uh, so whenever you're ready, let's get started. Let's do it, man. Go for it. Awesome. All right. So this is gonna be a, this is gonna be tough. Here we go. All right. Food or tech? Ooh, wow! You're coming out strong. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go with food. I'm gonna go with food. Nice. Uh, TechCrunch or The Verge? I gotta go with The Verge, but it's just barely. <laughs> Twitter or Facebook? Oh, definitely Twitter. That one's no contest. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I had a feeling you were going to go with that one. Mac or PC? Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with Mac, but, like, if you would have asked me that question five years ago, it would have been, like, definitely, like, vocally Mac. Now PC's doing some good stuff. Okay. I'd go with that. I'd see. I'd I'd agree with that. They're they're doing some interesting things over there on that that side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Last one. You ready? Yeah. All right. Bitcoin or USD? Oh, God, definitely USD. I have lots of Bitcoin opinions, <laughs> but that'll have to wait for another show. <laughs> awesome. Well, Patrick, it was great having you on. I really appreciate it. If, yeah, if man, uh, thank anyone you so wants much. to find you online, where can they find you? Uh, definitely Twitter is going to be like the loudest and easiest place. It's uh, PC Perini, P-E-R-I-N-I. He's got that PC in his name. He chose the Mac. Yeah, I did that when I was 13, and I was really into PCs. Uh, it happens to be my initials, so it kind of stuck. Uh, oh, so it works. But it was uh, <laughs> it, nice. that was that was part of the decision making process. Awesome. So you figured if you didn't like PCs in the end, you'd still it'll still yeah. work out for you in the long run. Exactly. Well, it's great having <laughs> you on. Thanks again. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. 
Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.